Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's only one authority on the Tennessee Titans, and that's the Tennessean. And there's only one show that's an authority, too, and you've found it. This is Talkin' Titans. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Talkin' Titans podcast. I'm Ben Arthur, Titans beat reporter for the Tennessean. I'm hosting this episode alone with uh, my columnist, uh, Gentry Estes, out this week. So riding solo, but I will not be alone. I have a special guest this week. As you guys know, the Titans are facing the Saints in week 10 back at Nissan Stadium. And uh, for perspective um, and inside knowledge um, from the New Orleans side, I have Amy Just of uh, NOLA.com. She's um, in her third season covering the Saints. Um, and, and she's also uh, covered the, the Chiefs and uh, the Washington football team um, in the past. Amy, thanks so much for, for joining me on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Should be should be a fun time. Absolutely. Um, so to just kind of get started, speaking of of fun, I know the probably the Odell Beckham Jr. sweepstakes has been <laughs> fun for you to monitor. I saw on a, uh, I believe it was ESPN uh, that mm-hmm. the Saints were one of um, OBJ's preferred uh, destinations, um, at least as of now. Um, mm-hmm. We're recording this uh, Wednesday evening um, for those um, for those wondering, but um, this isn't particularly uh, Titans Saints related. And even if the Saints did get OBJ, he probably wouldn't play just because of how late in the game week it is. But this is mm-hmm. a major storyline, obviously, and the Saints have been attached to Odell Beckham. So, Amy, my question for you is what would obj mean uh to the saints i i know he he's a, a louisiana guy went to lsu and and with michael thomas out for the year there's certainly a need there at receiver just what would kind of getting him on board in new orleans mean for that franchise yeah not only is he a louisiana native he is a new orleans native uh he was born in baton rouge raised in new orleans uh went to newman uh which is the high school that uh Arch Manning goes to the next of the Mannings. Um, and uh, it would mean a lot uh, for this franchise, not just because he's from here, though that does carry a lot of weight. And I think it will help them in the sweepstakes as a one pro. Uh, but yeah, it's they don't have a number one receiver. You can make the argument they don't really have a number two receiver. Um, their offense is loaded with talented guys who are depth guys they're young they don't have a lot of experience and the ones that are veterans have you know had injury issues those types of things so getting him in here would mean a lot he would be the number one receiver the first day he got here obviously you have to work out uh you know chemistry with whoever your quarterback is going to be and we'll get into that in a minute 
but it would be it would be a huge boost for this offense. The Saints passing offense is ranked like 31st out of 32 so far this season and that was with a healthy Jameis. So it's it they need a little bit of help and I think that he would he is the best and only option at you know, making this Sean Payton offense look like a Sean Payton offense. Yeah, and and that 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 situation is going to be something interesting to monitor. Uh, I've I'd seen reports about OBJ wanting to go to a a, a contender, uh, uh, and and you know thought that he'd maybe want to pair be paired with an elite quarterback. Right, that's kind of been uh, kind of the the down thing with him, just in terms of perception. Um, nationally, and I, I don't think he'd really get that in <laughs> New Orleans, obviously. But but obviously, going home would would probably mean a lot to him. But since Amy, we're we're on the topic of of quarterbacks, there's a lot to um, kind of digest here with with what the Saints are dealing with. You know, no Drew Brees anymore. Obviously, the 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 future Hall of Famer is first season um, not there. Uh, you had Jameis. Then he tore his ACL. Now what? You have Trevor Simeon. You have uh, I know Ian Book is in that room, a, a rookie out of Notre Dame, and then also Taysom Hill, who's uh, kind of an interesting quarterback, kind of a do everything, um, kind of flex type player, whatever you want, want to call him, utility guy. Just Amy, what what exactly can maybe the, the Titans expect from? Uh, from this quarterback uh, situation that the Saints have? And, and is is Simeon the, the guy to expect um, on Sunday in, in Nashville? So the reason, wh- a big reason why Simeon started last week is because Taysom Hill was in concussion protocol through like halfway through Thursday. So it is, you know, he hadn't played since the Washington game when he took a pretty hard hit to his head and missed three weeks of time. Missed two games because they had their bye week in there. But, yeah, he he was out for a while. So that's why Taysom, you know, wasn't even considered to start last week just because he didn't have the time to game prep. And who knows if he would have, you know, let's say that, oh, we're going to make Taysom the starter and he doesn't clear protocol not a great move. So that's why they for sure went with Simeon last week. This week, Taysom's healthy. He's not on the injury report today. Um, you know, played last week in his hybrid role, doing a bunch of different things. Um, so the big question is, who starts this week? I don't know. I genuinely <laughs> don't know. Um, if I had to choose, I I think for the the best thing that this offense could do is have Trevor at quarterback and work Taysom in, in the packages that he's in, use him in the red zone. Like they do, you know, confuse defenses, um, and use Taysom as, you know, tight end receiver, you know, use him as at quarterback when you need him. But this offense doesn't have a whole lot of playmakers right now. And if you put Taysom in at quarterback, that takes away one of your other offensive weapons. So, especially with Alvin Kamara not practicing today, uh, we're recording on Wednesday, um, that's a big question mark. And if you don't have Alvin, who do you have? Um, Not many. I mean, they have Mark Ingram, who has played really well in the two games that he's been 
back here with the Saints after the Saints acquired him from Texans before the trade deadline. Um, but yeah, Taysom is a huge asset to this team and his need at other positions, in my opinion, is greater, especially when you're missing a bunch of guys. So Amy, with, with Simeon, I, I know he's more of just a, a, a pocket passer. Um, and and p- people in Nashville here are people in Nashville are familiar with him because he was in a training camp with the Titans at, at one point in time. My my kind of question is like, what, what's the Saints' pass protection been like this season? Because the the Titans, I, I don't know how how much you've kind of been following them, but their pass rush has just become like elite, <laughs> like like the past uh, several weeks, like what they did to Matthew Stafford and and kind of this red hot Rams team on, on Sunday night kind of opened a lot of people's eyes. Um, the five sacks, 11 quarterback hits is, is, is kind of, is this saints O line in your mind equipped to be able uh, to, to withstand kind of an onslaught if as it, you know, maybe it's shaping to be that way. If they play like they know how to do, I think they'll be, okay. They'll give up some plays that that's going to happen. It's the NFL. If they play like they did last week, it Trevor Simeon and or Taysom Hill are going to be in for a long game. Um, you know, the saints as a whole were called for five offensive holding penalties last week. Um, you know, and Teron Armstead, one of their better offensive linemen, right. Um, just completely botched an assignment. He admitted this. I'm not talking bad on him. He'd admit it to um, that led to a, a blindside sack fumble on Trevor Simeon. Um, and Trevor had no time in the pocket, just come just completely messed up that rep. And Tehran is a very valuable part of that offensive line. Now being said, he missed practice today too. So the backup there, if they don't move things around, would be Landon Young, a rookie, um, if I'm not mistaken, because they currently have their backup tackle in uh, James Hurst playing backup guard for Andrews Pete, who is currently on the injured reserve. So they may move some things around, uh, maybe move Hurst back out for Armstead and then put another one of their backup guards in there because I – Playing a rookie for his first game against this defense, oh my God, Tennessee might eat him alive. <laughs> a lot, lot of I, I can I can hear a lot of Titans fans just kind of like you know smiling and and you know thinking about all the good that that could potentially happen <laughs> on <laughs> on Sunday based on what you're saying, Amy. <laughs> I mean, it's, so we're recording this on Wednesday, so there's a lot we don't know yet, right? Teron of could course. come back yeah. to practice on Thursday, and everything I said would be a moot point. Um, I'm just going off the information that we have right now, and when a starter misses practice on a Wednesday, it's eye opening, but it's not. It doesn't tell the full story until we get to Thursday, Friday. Uh, but operating off of what we know right now. Could could be bad. So you mentioned like outside of Alvin Kamara and, and you know, his, his status is iffy at, at this point as of uh, Wednesday evening. But you, you kind of said that the, the rest of the kind of the skill guys are more depth guys than as a, you know, than, you know, maybe a number one or, or number two option. But even, even with that said, are, are there maybe guys in, in that receiving room or 
guys outside of Mark Ingram that Titans fans should be wary of that maybe is capable of popping off with a big play or or, or something like that. As good as the Titans defense has been, uh, especially more so a few weeks ago, that they're having some uh, just whether it's penalty issues in, in, in the back end like DPIs or uh, just kind of giving up big plays, that, that's been an issue. Are there any receivers whether it be like a speedster or guy, maybe an inconsistent guy who's shown flashes at times, um, that that's maybe capable, um, even if this Saints offense is shorthanded on Sunday? Yeah, I think all of the guys that the Saints have in their receiving room are capable of pulling off a big play. All of them have done it, right? It's just they haven't been consistent. Um, the the number one guy in terms of yardage that they have is Deontay Harris. Um, he is the smallest guy in the NFL or was during the 2019 season. Uh, he's like five, six, um, not very heavy, but man, he's hard to defend. Marshawn Lattimore had a hard time defending him during training camp. He's just, he's that fast. He's that shifty. He was an all pro, uh, in the return game, his rookie season, uh, Injuries last season had him pretty banged up to where he couldn't be considered for that. But when he's healthy, man, opposing defenses really need to pay attention to him because he's he's really fast. He's good at getting around any type of coverage. Um, he burns people in man. Um, it's just he is the best consistent threat that they have. Uh, in terms of other guys who've shown uh, their potential be Kenny stills. He had a couple of, uh, a couple of big catches last week, also a couple of drops too. Um, but he's, uh, he's somebody that you need to pay attention to. Um, and then Marquez Calloway would be, you know, their number one guy in terms of just who's getting the most reps and who's getting the most targets. Um, he's a second year guy out of Tennessee. Um, he has, he's got the potential to be a number one guy. He's just a little young and kind of thrown into the fire a little too early. Um, but he's, he can make big plays, uh, when they need him. Um, and then another guy who's been flying a little under the radar is, uh, Kevin White, though. I don't know if he will be on the active roster this week, um, because he's on their practice squad and has been elevated a couple times, but if they bring him aboard, um, he would be someone to pay attention to as well. Now, Amy, as, as much uncertainty as, you, as you've kind of described with this Saints offense, I, I know the Saints defense has been elite. I, I believe yes. they're, they're top five in scoring defense at the moment, uh, number one in run uh, in defending the run, which obviously the Titans love, even without Derrick Henry for the foreseeable future, they they want to establish the run. What what exactly do you think has kind of made this uh, Saints D so elite? I, I know Demario Davis has uh, kind of been that that guy, and and I, I think even I've seen him pop up in some defensive player of the year kind of conversation just with the year he's been been having but but just from what you've seen Amy what 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 kind of makes this uh, t- uh Saints D so so dangerous and what kind of challenges do you think they they'll pose for Tennessee on Sunday Yeah they care about stopping the run more than any team I have ever been around like they they wear it as a point of pride that they've only limited 
or they've limited just about every rusher they've faced in the past several seasons to less than 100 yards. It's only happened a handful of times in the past three seasons. Um, they, they, it's a badge of honor for them. Uh, you've got Demario Davis, who's a leader there. Um, and then also the interior, one of the guys to watch is David Onyemata. Um, he was suspended for the first six games of the season. He's back now and this will be his third game back. So he's getting his feet back under him. You know, the, one of the media members down here dubbed him the, the Manitoba Mauler. And I like it. <laughs> I like it. I wish I could take credit for that, but I cannot. I did not come up with it, but I love it. Uh, I think it's pretty accurate. And just how forceful he is there up front. Um, you've got Cam Jordan, who, you know, some will say that he's lost a step. But he's still active. Um, you know, he had a sack on Matt Ryan last week. He had a sack the week before. Um, and he's getting going. And then on the other side, uh, you've got Marcus Davenport and Tano Passigno, who are being very disruptive as well there um, in both, uh, you know, the pass game and the run game. So, yeah, it's it's no one guy other than DeMario is really flashing there, but it's how they're working together to stop the run. It's not, you know, one guy with six tackles for loss. It's several guys doing their part. Um, and it doesn't necessarily stand out on the stat sheet uh, in terms of individual numbers. But when you look at the team numbers, it, it definitely pops for sure. And, and Amy, kind of last question but before I kind of let you go. I, I want to know kind of w- w- with Drew Brees having kind of been, right, that, that franchise cornerstone for, for I believe, uh, 15, 15 years. 15 years, it, yeah. Yeah. And, and to kind of – obviously he missed some time last year, but now knowing that he's not coming back, like for, for the Saints, I mean, kind of they're – you know, number one leader, one one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Um, beyond just kind of the the quarterback uncertainty the Saints have had this year because of Drew not being in the picture anymore. Just what kind of impact has him not being there anymore had on uh, this franchise and kind of how how they're looking at kind of the next several years, maybe? Yeah. So this is definitely a a, a time of uncertainty at that position. And, you know, when you you have uncertainty at the quarterback position, you have uncertainties that linger at other places too, right? So, but I think that Jameis has done an amazing job at coming in and doing what was asked of him. Um, you know, it was a very small sample size, but in that small sample size, he did what was asked of him. I think it was 14 touchdowns to three picks or something like that. Like through six games, that's a pretty dang good number for somebody who had issues there. Um, but off the field, so on Monday, Demario Davis had this charity event and several of his Saints teammates showed up. And you know who else showed up? Jameis. Two, less than two weeks off of an ACL tear. Dude is there in a full suit and crutches. And I asked oh. Mario about it today. And I'm like, what did that mean to you for him to be there? Because, like, 
you know, he could have just been at home chilling because he's probably in a lot of pain. Um, or, you know, he could have shown up and he could have been in sweats. But no, dude showed up in a full suit to this event. And DeMario said that Jameis is one of the best teammates he's ever had. DeMario is saying that. You know, oh. somebody who was up for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award last year is saying that Jameis is one of the best teammates he's ever had. And goes on and wax poetic about Jameis. And I don't want to misquote DeMario, but DeMario spoke about how much Jameis means to this team on and off the field. It talked about it for like three minutes. And so as far as leadership goes, they were in good hands with Jameis. They voted him as a captain for a reason. Now it's a little weird if your starting quarterback isn't a captain, but he's really embraced (laughs) that, right? Um, And, you know, he's done a lot of work with for hurricane Ida relief and, you know, reaching out to the mayor and making sure needs are taken care of and all of those things. So from a leadership standpoint, James, James filled the absence left by drew. He did it. He, he, you know, grabbed the bull by the horns and did what he needed to do and is still doing what has been asked of him. Even when it would be, you know, socially acceptable for him to step aside for a little bit while he's dealing with this. No, he still wants to be out. He still wants to be the leader that he came here to be. Um, Now, is he the answer, you know, moving forward? I don't know. He's a free agent after this season. um, because he only signed a one year deal here again. So I don't know what the answer is, but in the interim, Jameis has done just fine. Great stuff, Amy. Um, I guess one one very last thing. I, I guess you you have have a prediction for this uh, Titans Saints game based on what you were saying. Uh, it, it sounds like you, you're you you may be leaning toward uh, Titans uh, just because of the offensive uncertainty. But I guess maybe any predictions for for what's going to go down this week. Uh, so I don't like to issue predictions on Wednesday. I like to have a full <laughs> good picture. Call. That's, that's a good answer. That's... I like to have a full picture. <laughs> but um, as of right now, knowing with what I know now, at on a Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central Time, uh, I'm going to say Titans. But I don't know what the score will be. Nothing would surprise me in that regard. Awesome. Cool, Amy. Well... This has been great. Um, Amy Just, everyone, uh, Titan, one, one of the Saints beat reporters for NOLA.com. Amy, do you want to go ahead and, and give out your uh, your social media handle so people um, looking for, for the Saints' uh, a perspective uh, can, can, can follow you and, and engage with you ahead of the game and during the game, too? Yes. Uh, so uh, my Twitter handle is Amy underscore just, but I spell my name a little weird. So that's Amy, A-M-I-E underscore J-U-S-T, like the word. Um, I'm pretty responsive on social media. Um, if you have any, you know, good questions, silly questions, uh, all for it. Uh, you know, social media doesn't have to be so serious all the time. So, but yeah, nope. Uh I like halftime get halftime gifts. That's one of my things. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's always from a Saints perspective. But hey, uh, I'll take I'll take all sides. Great, everyone. Well, well that will do it uh, for this edition of Talking Titans. We hope you'll subscribe to Tennessean.com if you haven't already, and please remember to hit follow. 
to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts and drop us a review and a rating while you're at it. From Ben Arthur, riding solo, thanks for listening, and, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Talkin' Titans hosts each Thursday at Tennessean.com. You can also subscribe to Talkin' Titans for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. Talkin' Titans is a production of the Tennessean. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.